Stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of St. Mark, chapter number 4. The book of Mark, chapter number 4 this morning. We will begin reading with verse number 35, and we will read down and include verse number 41. This morning, Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. Glad to have my mom and my dad with me this morning. Also, my brother for the first time, is with me here in the service this morning. And yes, he is my older brother. All right, okay. All right. Actually, uh, not even a year. But anyway, glad to have my brother Dennis with us this morning. Mark chapter number 4 began reading with verse number 35. The Bible says that on the same day when evening had come, he, Jesus, said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him, and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, I just pray today that your anointing will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, I pray that you will give us ears upon our heart today to receive, Father, what you want us to receive today. God, I just pray that you will do your work. God, I pray that faith will begin to arise in the heart of the people to believe for miracles in their lives. Father, all of these things we ask in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Now, if you're new to the church, let me just get you caught up with the rest of us this morning. At the end of every year, I, I find some time and I get alone with God and I ask the Lord for direction for the coming year. And I ask God what he wants to do in the coming year. And not always, but most of the time, the Lord will give me a word or the Lord will give me a theme or the Lord will give me a phrase and give me direction for the coming year. Not every year, but seems like more often than not. This past year, this past November, as I was praying and seeking God, I, I felt like the Lord told me to declare uh, 2016 as a year of prayer, a year of prayer. And so that's what we have done. We have declared 2016 as a year of prayer. We are having special prayer meetings. We meet on Wednesdays uh, at, from noon to one and, and we pray. We're going ha- to have some special prayer meetings throughout, throughout the year as we have declared this to be a year of prayer. And then one day as I was, as I was praying, I, I also uh, heard the Lord say uh, to me that miracles follow prayer. Miracles follow prayer. Prayer. So, so at the first of the year, I spent about five weeks uh, teaching and preaching on, on prayer. And, and then a couple of weeks ago, I began a brand new series uh, uh, on miracles. I'm calling it Meditating on the Miracles. 
And I believe as we look closely at some of the miracles of Jesus, as we dissect them, as we, as we take them apart, as we look a little closer at them than perhaps we have uh, in the past, and as we preach week after week after week on miracles, it is my hope and my desire and my prayer that faith will begin to rise up in you to be able to believe God, that God will work a miracle in your life. I don't know what miracle you have need of this morning. Maybe you are in need of a financial miracle. Maybe for you it's a miracle in your family. Maybe, maybe you need a miracle of healing. I, I don't know what the miracle is this morning, but I believe that Jesus is still the healer. I believe he's still the miracle worker. And I believe that if you have faith to believe him today, that he will work a miracle in your life. Well, the miracle that we are meditating on today is the one where Jesus calmed the storm for his disciples. I don't know this morning. Perhaps you are in a storm. Maybe you are in a storm today. Perhaps the winds of adversity are blowing hard against your life. The good news is the same Jesus that calmed the storm for the disciples can do the same for you. As I read and reread and read and reread this passage over and over uh, this week, there are six things that became clear to me in this miracle. Six things that became clear to me in this scripture. Let's look at those this morning. The first thing that I see in this passage, the first thing that I see uh, in this miracle is that things can change suddenly in our lives. Things can change suddenly in our lives. Turn to your neighbor and say, suddenly. Yeah, and I find this in verse number 35. Notice the phrase, on the same day. Now, usually we just read something like that. We just read over it. We don't think anything about it. But, but let's look at it a little bit closer this morning. On the same day. See, if you'll go back to the previous chapter, if you'll go back a few verses, you'll discover that the disciples went from enjoying parables to experiencing panic in the very same day. You'll read and you'll find that the, that very morning they were, they were basking in the splendor and in the glory of their master's teaching. They were listening as Jesus was, was unfolding the word, as Jesus was, was sharing oh so, so, so incredibly. They were, they were basking in the splendor and in the glory of the teaching of their master. And yet, and yet before the day was over, they were fearing for their very life. Things can change suddenly in our lives. A pastor that I know very well, I remember him telling the story of him leaving home early one morning to go to work at, the, uh, at his office at the church that he pastored. He tells the story of how he kissed his wife goodbye thinking that all was well. He had absolutely no clue what was going to happen before the sun would go down that very evening. He said that when he arrived back home that night, he found a note written by his wife. And the note said, I'm tired of being a pastor's wife. I'm tired of all the expectations to be perfect. I'm tired of living in a glass house. 
I'm leaving and I won't be back. Things can change suddenly in our lives. Second thing that I find in our scripture for today is bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. I find this in verse number 37. It says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Don't, Don't forget this morning who it was that was riding in the boat. It was Jesus' own disciples, the ones that he called personally, the ones that he personally invited to come and follow him. Hear me this morning, friend. Don't think that just because you are a follower of Jesus that that this will automatically exempt you from adversity. You've heard the sweet little politically correct preachers, haven't you? The ones who only preach the positive points of the Bible. Their main theme is, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. They preach, just come to Jesus and everything will magically be okay. Just come to Jesus and you'll never be sick. Just come to Jesus and you'll never be broke. Just come to Jesus and you'll never, you'll never have adversity. Sugar and spice and everything nice is their total message. Just come to Jesus and all your troubles will be over. Just come to Jesus and everything will be alright. And listen, listen, sometimes it is. But sometimes, sometimes when you come to Jesus, all hell breaks loose in your life as the enemy tries to attack you and tries to steal your victory and steal your salvation. The truth of the matter is, bad things happen to good people. The disciples walked personally with Jesus, and yet they still had to go through the storm. Adversity still reared its ugly head in their their lives. Bad things happen to good people. Let me just mention four bad things this morning, just in passing. How about disease? Saints get sick the same as sinners. The Apostle Paul had an eye disease. Trophimus couldn't travel with the Apostle Paul. Paul left him behind because, because Paul said he was sick. He was a fellow worker of the Apostle Paul, but Paul had to leave him behind because he was sick. How many think Paul prayed for him? Sure, he still left him behind. Because he was sick. Amen. How about disappointment? I challenge you this morning to tell me even one saint who hasn't experienced disappointment. I'll never forget how bad it hurt the first time a leader in my church disappointed me. I was young in ministry and, and, and I had depended upon, upon this leader in my church and they let me down. I needed their support, but they pulled back from me. I'll never forget how it hurt. How about divorce? 
I've heard some say that divorce hurts worse than death. I've heard others say it feels pretty good. (laughs) I guess it depends on whether you're married to the devil or not. I'm going to tell you that me and my wife have been married June the 17th. We will be married 44 years. And in 44 years, the word divorce has never been spoken by either one of us one time. Now, murder has come up two or three times. (laughs) And how about death? I'm not with him on a lot of things, but I am with Woody Allen on this. He said, I'm not afraid to die. He said, I just don't want to be there when it happens. (laughs) Bad things happen to good people. Six things I see as we meditate on the miracle for today. Number one, things can change suddenly in our lives. Number two, bad things happen to good people. Number three, things are seldom as they appear on the surface. Back to our scripture for today. Things appeared to be out of control. In verse number 37 it says that a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was full of water. So just on the surface, uh, it appears that the disciples are in serious trouble. Because the Bible doesn't just say that they were in a storm, but the Bible calls it a great storm. The Bible said that the waves were beating upon their boat, and the water was coming into the boat, and that the the boat was nearly full of water. I can imagine as people are getting sick and people are throwing up, I can imagine as people are getting frantic, and no doubt they began to play the blame game. Things appeared to be out of control. But not only that, it appeared that Jesus didn't care. Verse number 38 says, But Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke Him and they said to Him, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? No doubt the disciples are working hard to to get the ship under control. Some of them are working on the sail while others are bailing out the water. And then someone, and it was probably Peter, one of them said, where's Jesus? He looks around and says, hey, where's Jesus? Hey, and he says to the rest of the guys, hey, remember it was his idea. He's the one who told us to get into the boat. He's the one that said, let's sail to the other side. Where is he? How can he sleep in the midst of a storm? He must not care about us. Have you ever felt this way? Where is Jesus anyway? Where is Jesus? Lord, Lord, you told me to do this. I did this because I felt you led me into it. Lord, I did it because you told me to do this. Lord, you told me to get into this boat. Lord, why would you tell me to get in a boat and send me out knowing I was going to go into a storm? You must not care about me. But here's what I've come to know. Things are seldom as they appear 
on the surface. Oh, things may appear to be out of control. It might appear that Jesus doesn't care. But oh, listen to me this morning. If He truly led you, then He's still leading you today. Did you hear me this morning? I said if He truly led you, amen, He is still leading you today. And before He is finished, He'll lead you all of the way through. Jesus told them in verse 35, let's cross over. To the other side. He didn't promise there wouldn't be a storm. He didn't promise him that it was going to be smooth sailing all the way across. He just said, get in boys, we're going to cross. I also want you to notice that he didn't say, hey guys, get in the boat. We'll go about halfway and then we'll go under. Come on, get in. No, he said, let's pass over to the other side. Listen, listen. Things may appear to be out of control in your life. And it might appear in the middle of your situation that, 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 that Jesus doesn't care. But hear me this morning. If you'll just get a firm grip and if you'll just hang on tight, I promise you this morning he'll get you safely across. I can't promise the storm won't come. I can't promise, amen, the waves won't beat against you. I can't promise smooth sailing, but I can promise this morning that if you'll get in the boat with Jesus and you'll hang on tight, he'll get you to the other side. Notice the fourth thing I see in our story today. That is we're never alone in our storms. First of all, the saints are with us. Notice verse number 36. It says, other little boats were also with them. Other little boats. We're not alone in the storm. There's other little boats. And sometimes it feels like we're all alone in our struggle. Sometimes it feels like we're all alone in our storm. But there are always other little boats. And they're going through the same storm that we are going through. And listen, we need to, we need to take courage from them. If, they, if we look over to other little boats that are going through the same storm we are going through. And we see, hey, they haven't gone under. Hey, hey, they're riding out the storm. Hey, they're still afloat. Listen, we can tell ourselves, well, if they can stay afloat, with the Lord's help, I can stay afloat. Draw strength from the people aboard the other little boats. But not only are the saints with us in the storm, but, but the Savior, the Savior is with us. Verse number 38, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. The key to our safety in the midst of the storm is simply to stay on board with Jesus. Now I seldom, if ever, Bring politics to the pulpit. But I will say one thing about the upcoming presidential election. It ain't looking good. Whether you're a Republican or a sinner, I mean a Democrat. Bible talks about publicans and sinners. I, I'm kidding, okay? Come on. 
I'm not kidding about the fact that neither side's looking very good. Let me tell you this morning, it looks like, it looks like there's a storm that is brewing and a storm is on the horizon. But there is one thing that I know this morning. The thing that I know is if I stay in the boat with Jesus, I'm going to be all right. Now, I can't speak for you this morning. I, I can't speak for you, but, but for me, I'm not depending on the Democrats or the Republicans to save me. My future is not in their hands. You can put your future in their hands if you want to. But my future is not in their hands, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Because God is in charge of my life. I said, God is in charge of my life. And he's the one I'm voting for. Amen. And he's the one that I'm trusting in. And, and, and his promise to me is get in the boat. Get a firm grip. Hold on tight. Don't jump ship. Don't jump overboard. And if you'll just hang on. If you'll just hang on. Yes, the wind is going to come. Yes, the waves are going to beat against your ship. Yes, the rain is going to fall. Yes, the lightning is going to come. Yes, there's a storm that is brewing. There's a storm that's coming on the horizon. But if you'll just hang on tight and just stay in the boat and stay with me, I'll see you all the way across. Never alone in our storms. Notice the fifth thing that I see this morning. God allows the storms in our lives to test our faith. Verse 40, Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? And where's your faith? Let me suggest two things here this morning. Number one, it only takes a little faith when the waters are calm. Amen? It only takes a little faith when the waters are calm. It doesn't take much faith to serve God when the spouse is happy and the kids are well. Oh, and the payment on the house in the new gated community has been paid. It doesn't take much faith when you're healthy, wealthy, and wise. It only takes a little faith when the waters are calm. But on the other hand, it takes a lot of faith when the waters are chaotic. The storms that appear in our lives are allowed by God to test our faith. And mark it down this morning, our faith will be tested. And the storm will come. Let's ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, what will you do when the music is played? Will you bow or will you face the possibility of being burned? Let's ask Job. Hey, hey, Job, what will you do about all of your afflictions? Will you choose to curse God like your wife suggested, or will you continue to praise Him? 
And how about us? What about us this morning? How will we handle adversity? Will we pass the test? See, it only takes a little faith when the waters are calm. It takes a lot of faith when the waters are chaotic. Let me just throw this in in passing and then we'll move on this morning. But people are watching our lives. And they're looking to see if we really have the goods or not. And, you know, when everything's well and everything's good and everything's great in our life and we praise Jesus and we jump and shout and dance about, it doesn't impress them. But when all hell is turned loose on our life, when our hearts are broken and our bodies are suffering, and we're struggling and we're in the storm and we're still praising our God and still walking out our faith, it speaks volumes. All right, notice the sixth thing this morning I see in this miracle we're meditating on today. Finally this morning, and don't you just love it when the pastor says finally? Don't you really wish it meant something? The sixth thing that I find in our story today, Jesus has power in the storm and over the storm. First, power in the storm. Think about it. Think about this this morning. The storm that rocked the disciples' world rocked Jesus to sleep. He has power in the storm. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. But not only did Jesus have power in the storm, he also has power over the storm. Notice two things quickly, and then we are done this morning. Number one, I want us to notice the authority of Jesus. The authority of Jesus. Notice in verse number 37, it says, a great storm arose. But I want you to notice two verses down in verse number 39, it says, and he arose. The bad news is this morning a storm will eventually arise in your life. The good news is, oh, uh, at the appropriate time, Jesus will arise as well. And he is more than match for the storm. Verse number 39, he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. In the original language, An even better translation for this is that Jesus stood up and he pointed his finger in the eye of the storm and he said, shut up! (laughs) Maybe you're here this morning and Satan's making a lot of noise in your life. The devil has a big mouth. And perhaps he's, he's, he's yelling and he's screaming in your ear today. Well, I've got good news for you this morning. If you'll just hang on this morning, sooner than later, I believe that Jesus is going to stand in your storm. He's going to stand in your situation. And Jesus is going to point his finger, amen, in the eye of your situation. And he's going to say to the devil, shut up! 
shut up. Jesus has power in the storm. He has power over the storm. Not only do I want you to see the authority of Jesus, but I also want us to see the amazement of the disciples. Verse number 41, and they feared exceedingly. And they said to one another, who can this be? Who can this be? Obviously, there's something special about this man. Obviously, something different. Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Never forget this morning, the ultimate purpose of miracles is to bring glory to God. I've said it in every miracle message thus far, and I'll say it in every single one. The purpose of miracles, the main purpose, yes, God wants you healed. Yes, He wants you blessed. Yes, He wants to set you free. Yes, He wants to do things for you. But the main purpose for miracles is that the glory of God might be revealed. And so when God gives you your miracle, when God shows up, when God silences the enemy in your life, don't forget, He receives the glory. He receives the honor. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Give him a shout of praise in his house today. Hallelujah. Let me close with this chapter 5 and verse number 1 says, And they came over to the other side of the sea. That's another verse we don't read often. Jesus said in verse number 35, he said, Guys, hop in the boat. We're going across. They got about halfway out. The storm came. They began to fear for their very life. Jesus wasn't afraid. Because he wasn't going halfway and going under. He's going over. He already told them, come on, get in the boat. We're going over. And then when the storm came, the disciples freak out. And they think Jesus doesn't care. And they wake him up and they chastise Jesus. Why? No, what? You took us out here now. We got all this going on and you don't even care. And Jesus said, what, what happened to your faith, boys? Don't you remember what I told you? Don't you remember what I told you? I said, get in the boat, we're going across. I didn't say get in the boat, we're going to go halfway and go under. He said, I said, we're going over. Some of you this morning, you're in the midst, middle of it this morning. The storm is brewing and you're wondering if you're going to go, you're going to go down. You're not going down because Jesus didn't call you to go down. He called you to go over. Amen. Yeah. Amen. The only prerequisite for you making it to the other side is you stay on board. You jump ship, you're dead. Stay on board. Get a firm grip. It's going to be rough. It's going to be difficult. Amen. But if you'll just hang on, Jesus is in there with you, and he'll see you through. Amen. The next chapter, verse 1 says, and they came over to the other side. Would you stand with me this morning? Everyone's standing this morning. Father, I thank you for this word this morning. God, I thank you that you are still a God of miracles. God, I thank you, Lord. There is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing you cannot do. There's nothing you will not do. Father, if we will simply believe you, Lord, in line with your will, Father. God, I just pray that every need will be met in this house, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name.